0: this special bonus episode of Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host, for this podcast sponsored by the Women of the Word Ministry of the Christ the Word Church. And I want to start off, before we do anything else, by thanking three women that I haven't thanked yet on our podcast who have really helped me out behind the scenes. The first one's Anna Pollock. She prepared and designed the cover art, and it looks fabulous, I think. And Rebecca Kepler um, took some time to perform one of my favorite hymns, The Solid Rock. You'll hear that on the intro and the exits out of the podcast each week. Uh, We're going to make sure we showcase that more next season. And then also, Grace Gerken, she is my Facebook administrator and behind-the-scenes guru. She knows all kinds of techie stuff, and I am so thankful to her. And the last person I really appreciate is Wendy Folk, who has really helped me um, kind of develop some ideas for this podcast. She's like my brainstormer, and every time I throw her crazy ideas, she listens to me, and I am grateful for the ladies and their help now one of the things that we're trying to do here on unshaken is to discuss some topics that are relevant to women and take a look at what the Bible says about them and as you keep listening which I sure hope you do I want to share a little secret well it's not really a secret but I personally believe the Bible pretty much covers everything we need to know about how to act and what to do It doesn't necessarily tell us what to eat or make for dinner, but it does very clearly tell us how we should treat our waitress if we go out to eat or the grocery store clerk where we buy our food. The Bible doesn't tell us necessarily where we should go on vacation, but it does tell me how I should treat my family while we are driving in the car on a long journey together. It is our perfect 100% correct guidebook in life and it should be referenced in all situations and actually the Bible's words should trump our words and opinions. It should trump others' words like politicians or celebrities or protesters or news anchors on any important topic. And so that's actually what brings us to this bonus episode today. We are going to talk about a very current issue that is all over news and social media. It's racism. Yep, I know it's all over the news recently and it's really been a part of our lives a long time. But I do think the Bible has a lot to say about this topic and how we as Christians need to be responding. So today I have a fabulous guest. I'm super excited to invite her on to talk about this important subject. Marlisa Sanchez is a good friend of mine. She's a wife to Octavio and a mom of six, but wait a minute, she is currently quite pregnant, right? Yes, any day now. Any day now, she's going to have number seven. And actually, Marlisa, why don't you tell us why you have anything that you could say about this topic of racism?
1: Um, well, I am a black woman from southern Louisiana and I've witnessed and experienced a lot of things that were a result of slavery Mm. and racism.
0: And I want to tell you folks who are listening that Marlisa's story, her personal story, is really amazing to hear of God's hand all the way through her life. It's going to be presented in Season 2 of Unshaken, so be looking for it, and you'll get to hear her testimony and um, how God was really with her all along. It is called Having Peace in Spite of Our Past, and it is really good. So look for that. It's in Season 2, and we're going to be focusing on how in Season 2 we can cultivate peace in our lives. So you won't want to miss the fabulous interview with Marlisa then. Okay, so Marlisa, let me just start off by asking you a very straight-up, honest question. How has racism affected you?
1: Well, it was actually a racial culture that shaped the way I viewed myself in comparison to white people um, at a very early age. I come from a generation of people that were a direct result of slavery, and there was this general mindset amongst the blacks that um, white people were in charge, and that being poor and black automatically means you're Democrat. I was a kid, I didn't know what Democrat was, but I knew (laughs) I was black, and that's what I was supposed to be. Mm. Um, Democrats are for the poor, and Republicans are for the rich. That's what you would always hear come out of the mouths of older black people and adults. So as a child, I was taught that I may work for some rich white woman someday. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom would give me tips on how to be a good worker for a white woman. For example, you know they view us as dirty, so if you had to hand the white woman her cup, grab it from the bottom, don't put your fingers around the mouth part because Mm, they don't want your germs where they have to drink, things like that. Wow. So racism also affected blacks within the black community towards each other, Mm. which no one ever wants to acknowledge. But the lighter your skin tone was, the prettier or better you were. So being that I have very dark skin, meant I was the ugly or less one. And so there was always this insecurity Mm. just because of the culture and the negative effects of racism surrounding me from all sides. And that was right in your black culture. Yes. Um, I grew up feeling like I was set up to fail just because of the color of my skin. It bred racism within myself, but I didn't see it as racist, nor would many blacks in America today even admit that racism isn't just limited to white people. Hmm. But the truth is, in general, people are racist all the time, and it's sin. We're always making judgments about others before we even get to know them versus going out of our way to be hospitable towards others who are different from us.
0: So, wow, that's really interesting, Marlisa, because what you just told me is that I'm a racist to some degree, right? And you also are. Right. And this is actually just sin. And right. the Bible clearly tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So it doesn't really it's just sin. We we can't put it into a little box and make it be a special sin or a special thing. It's just sin. And we all need to repent of that sin.
1: Right. And even um, when I finally met my dad at the age of 19 I was able to learn that he was a racist. Mm. Like I had white friends but when we would go to places, he'd reference white people as crackers, and, and it was in this, like, angry tone. Like, he was really angry at white people. And he grew up in a small town near Mississippi, so he witnessed things that were wrong. I have not. And yeah. they were wrong, and it really just spread hatred towards white people within him. Yeah, And so this idea that blacks can't be racist is far from the truth, because I've seen it firsthand. Right. with my own parents. Right. So.
0: Okay, so Marlisa, does the Bible say anything about how we actually should be treating others who are of a different ethnicity?
1: Yes. Um, the Bible speaks of hospitality, and we're supposed to be hospitable towards all men. It says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. So who are the strangers? Are those people who are different from you or from different ethnicities because if you think about it, it is easy to show hospitality to people you already know, you already like, your friends. But what about the outsiders? Mm. Are we going out of our way to welcome them and show that we love them? And then Colossians 4, 5 through 6 says conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity So again, if you're making the most of the opportunity, you're going out of your way Mm -hmm. to show love, to welcome someone in. And it says, let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Mm. So there's not this special formula. It's just simply, this is what God's word says. This is how we're to treat people. Obey God. He will give you wisdom in how to respond. Mm.
0: That's really helpful because sometimes we hear these hot topics that are in the news and we can easily think the Bible doesn't say anything on them. But those were really very clear verses that you shared about how we are supposed to be hospitable and love. Okay, so now I have a question because, you know, it, it, this is happening all over the world, right? I mean, the yes. United States, I should say, is the big one right now, right? But what do you see happening in the church and I don't mean just we happen to go to church together, which is awesome. Yes. And I love seeing you worship, <laughs> worshiping with you on Sunday morning. But um, what do you see happening in the church universal all across the board?
1: So I believe there's different topics that the enemy has tried to use to divide the church that he hasn't been able to get everyone to jump on board with, but I think racism is a topic that the church can get behind on and agree, yes, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. And so this isn't something new, okay? This is something that has been creeping into the church, and now many people have been caught off guard by it, and um, many want to do the right thing, and Satan knows this, and he's using it to divide the church and lead many astray. But I see God working and unifying his children and making them known through all of this. Like God has given me new friends, new white friends, actually, who they just wanted to know what's going on. What are your thoughts on this? How Mm. should we feel about this? And, you know, just being able to go to God's word and fellowship and talk. God has just grown so many new relationships through this.
0: That's fabulous to hear that women or people, I don't know if they're women, but are coming and talking to you and, and just being honest, having honest discussion is good. I think that's really important. Okay, so it's easy to think that what's happening in the church across America is okay, that we're doing fine because we all agree in relation to the fact that racism is wrong, but how do we discern what is of God and what is not of God on this issue?
1: We have to look at God's word. I can't stress that enough. We have to read his word and we have to pray, pray, pray for discernment. (laughs) Just ask God for wisdom. He will freely give it to us. This whole idea of critical race theory, is, first of all, a worldly perspective on race that has been introduced to the church on how to interpret scripture as it relates to racism, um, being black, you know, that should be an automatic red flag. Also, the Black Lives Matter agenda is to destroy the nuclear family, and that is very anti-God. Another red flag. Wow. Now, what's more scary is that God's word says, he who justifies the wicked and condemns the righteous, both of them are like an abomination to the Lord. And that's in Proverbs 17, verse 15. And that's scary because you have Christians who, they really mean well, and they really want to do what is right, But by them justifying the wickedness that that Black Lives Matter supports, God's saying this is an abomination to me. Hmm.
0: Okay, that's really helpful because that helps us see why Christians are being pulled into this movement. Right, they're not using God's word as their basis. They're not going back to it, and they're also—I know there's good Christians out there who are trying to do good things. But they're not educated in what is really behind it and what's what's the, what's the its foundation and it's built on. So I think that's really important that you brought that up. So thank you for doing that. How should we respond, both ourselves and those we love, who are wanting to be sincerely compassionate yet are being led astray by this manipulative movement that's happening? Again, we always have to go to God's word.
1: Um... Galatians 1 10 says for am I now seeking the favor of men or of God or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So let's start there Hmm. We must question our motives. Are we trying to please men by following the bandwagon? Are we allowing God's word to rule our lives as the ultimate authority or are we allowing the world to? Black Lives Matter, social justice warriors, um, and all of those who are in agreement to tell us what is right. Hmm. Are we seeking a form of godliness and trying to check off
0: these boxes that were woke? Okay, whoa. Now, now let me stop for a minute and let me <laughs> ask you, what do you mean by woke?
1: So woke is a terminology that is used to describe someone who is alert to the injustice in society or racism. Like they're no longer ignorant to the evil of racism. So after we question our own motives and examine our own hearts, we still have a duty to speak truth in love, but Mm. we need to pray for them. We need to pray for ourselves. Um, We need to ask God to show us what is true in all of this. We need to encourage others to talk with other black people whose voice Black Lives Matter is not representing, right? Because if they really care for black lives and hate racism and want to help, then surely the black friend whose voice does not echo that of the world is worth listening to. Mm, amen. And so I guess what I wonder most about some who sincerely want to do what is right and are following Black Lives Matter in spite of their hatred towards our holy God um, Have they considered that perhaps it's racist to believe that Black Lives Matter speaks for all black people? Because if those are the only kind of black people that you care to listen to regarding this topic, then you're truly not as compassionate as you may think.
0: So Marlisa, since we were talking a little bit about how Christians get pulled into these movements, it makes me think about what the church and what the Bible preaches and speaks about, which is the gospel of Jesus. How does this even fit into this? Or even does it fit in?
1: Oh, it absolutely does. And that's the problem with this whole issue. There's this idea as if the gospel of christ is powerless hmm. if christians really think these movements are going to change the hearts of men shame on us so two verses come to mind when i think about how the gospel plays into this and one of them is second timothy three verses one through seven it says but realize this that in the last days difficult times will come for men will be lovers of self Lovers Mm. of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, Mm. reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I think we see this all over. Yes. Um, holding to a form of godliness. Again, going back to that is, let me check off these boxes and prove I'm not racist. And just do what the world says looks like. Well, this is what Jesus would do. That's what the world shouldn't tell you what Jesus would do. Right. Um, It says, although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. And speaking of never being able to come to the knowledge of truth, Let me just say, if you're trying to check off those boxes and become woke, you will never achieve it. You will never be woke enough to please this agenda, this Mm. bloodthirsty agenda. You just will grow weary and never please them at all. Mm. So, okay. So the next scripture that comes to mind is 2 Timothy 3, 12 through 17. It says, indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So, are we following Black Lives Matter because we don't want to hear the world tell us how hateful we are and how we really don't love black people? Mm. It says, but evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and hmm. profitable for teaching, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Hmm.
0: That last um, passage really highlights how we need to be viewing what's going on in the world. We have to view it through Scripture. Right. You know, Marlisa, this is really fabulous to listen to and talk about. We can never do this justice. This topic, this conversation in a 35 minute no way. podcast. So I'm sure we have not touched everything, but I have one more question that I have just think is really important to ask, to kind of end with today. So, what should I do as a Christian in order to best love my neighbors, whether they're black or Asian, Hispanic, white, whatever? How can I best love you, Marlisa, through this situation?
1: So to the first part of the question, I would first say, don't try and prove how many black friends you have. Just love and be mm. hospitable to all people, especially those who are different. Especially going back to the scriptures you talked about earlier, those who are strangers when right. you're midst. Right. And another point I wanted to make about it being easier to post a black square or say, um silence is violence or whatever the saying is to do all those things on social media is really shallow like Mm. do you really have black friends you know are you really being hospitable towards the people who are different from you that God has put in your circle are you getting to know them or is this all for show because that's not genuine hospitality at all Hmm. Um, another thing I would say is Don't say you don't see color because we're all different and it's beautiful. God's design is perfect. Right. And we should celebrate the fact that God made us different in how we look. Another thing genuine Christians who want to help should know is you're not helping black people by supporting the Black Lives Matter organization. I need my black boys to be men. I need them to be husbands and fathers and to fear God. Mm. So listen to both sides. BLM, Black Lives Matter, they want to destroy all of that. And so let me just say they do not speak for all black people. That is not what my social media says. (laughs) Just on a side note. Another thing would be instead of embracing the popular messages of the social justice warriors and Black Lives Matter, embrace your black neighbor, like I said before, Mm. that God has given you. You know, again, don't, don't check off these boxes and make your black friends feel like they're your token friend. Let your love be genuine. Yeah. Um, also, understand that there are places in this world that would not be considered safe for black people. When I was still living in the South, I had a really close white friend, and we both started walking with the Lord around the same time. She was dating someone who wasn't saved and she finally invited him to church and God just completely transformed him. Now, his family belonged to the KKK. Oh, wow. He once belonged to the KKK. He went to those meetings. And so, when God did a transforming work in him, his heart changed. Like, I witnessed that change. Mm. I was not afraid of him. He was very kind and sweet towards me. And in fact, he was one of the first people that said um, regarding my husband, that's a good man. You know, you should marry him (laughs) because he cared and he 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 loved me Mm -hmm. as his sister in Christ. But when it came to their wedding, I knew that he would have family there who were racist. Hmm. But I also knew like this is my friend. I need to go to her wedding. Um, I didn't know the location of the wedding, and we're just driving this long road, and I'm looking around, and I'm thinking, this is where black people get lynched. Like, if someone killed me, they would not know where my body is. Like, this is, I've never been this deep into the woods. We finally arrive at the house, and it's just this beautiful land. Um, I can see why they got married there. (laughs) I was the only black person. Really? And I was afraid. It was very
0: fearful. That is very understandable.
1: And I had my daughter with me who was one,
0: Mm -hmm. one years old
1: at the time. And there was this man who was sitting um, near me, and he had a daughter who was about the same age. And she just wanted to play with my daughter, and she kept, like, trying to come over and play. And I noticed he would just pull her away every time, just pull Mm. her away. So I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. I thought, well, maybe he wants her to pay attention. But the wedding hadn't started yet. And then I noticed every time he'd pull her away, he wouldn't acknowledge my daughter's presence. He would not make eye contact with me. He was just pretty cold. Hmm. And then I realized, oh, he doesn't want his daughter to play with my daughter. This man is racist. Hmm. That was an assumption. So I grabbed my daughter, held her on my lap, and I didn't let her go. (laughs) So, I was afraid because I'm surrounded by all of these white people. I don't know which ones are belonging to the KKK, which ones are racist. I just know this is terrifying. Luckily, I'm obviously still here today to talk to you about this, so nothing happened. But it was days later um, because I didn't want to ruin my friend's wedding. But I told her my experience. I described the man, and she said, oh, yeah, he does hate black people. And so this stuff does exist and there are places where people like this hang out and a black person should be careful before they enter into those situations maybe it'll lead you to pray for us to have strength Hmm. the strength to trust our lives in the hands of the one true God who sustains us Um, I would like for you to pray that as Jeremiah did not bend to the ways of the world that we will not bend pray Hmm. for God's protection for us and in moments of doubt, because we will have them, that we'll speak God's word to ourselves and walk in obedience to Him. I think that is the best way you can love me or any of my friends can love me through this.
0: You know, one of the things that you brought up in in this whole time that we've been talking together today is the fact that it's really a heart issue. Right. And even in what you shared a minute ago through your personal story and your experience through that, very fearful time of going to your friend's wedding, it is a heart issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, The man that you ran into, it was his heart that was sinful, right? just like my heart's sinful. It's really good to listen to you talk about this and give us your perspective. I personally have grown up in a very white world, and um, it's good to hear and to talk about these things, to talk about the fact that racism is sin, straight up. There's no difference with that and that we are all sinners. Mm -hmm. And we all need Jesus. And only Jesus can forgive our sins and heal our hearts. No movement or social group of people that are focused on trying to protest can do anything Mm -hmm. for our hearts. And thanks, Marlisa, for pointing us to the truth of God's word and the gospel of Jesus as we discuss this kind of hot and really difficult topic. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for listening to this bonus episode. I hope that we caused you to think and to always ask the question, what does the Bible say about this? And then go search out what God's Word actually says on the issue, whether it's the issue we've discussed today or another one. I want to encourage you to keep listening to Unshaken as we jump back into our four-part series, Faith Over Fear. And let us know how we're doing on our Facebook page. Uh, Let us know what other issues or topics or conversations you want to hear about in future episodes. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.